Hey, I'm Jordan No More, and welcome to the No More Podcast. What you're about to listen to is a short conversation from our full-length episodes that you can find over on Patreon. If you want to support the show, it's just a dollar, and you get exclusive content, full-length audio episodes, video episodes, and behind-the-scenes exclusives from myself and my co-hosts, Nick and Clayton. If you want to check that out, go over to patreon.com forward slash no more podcasts. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the No More Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan No More. Uh, this is a special year-end episode. Uh, as you can see, I'm here in the studio alone. The guys are both traveling right now, and I just happen to be home. So I was thinking about not doing an episode, but I was I was uh, I got up this morning and I thought about you know going back to I used to do this show with my friend Nick called Flick of the Week. Uh, unfortunate title because the title looked very inappropriate. If you uh, have you ever seen, if you've ever seen the way the word Flick, F-L-I-C-K, looks in the font I chose, it makes it look like a very inappropriate podcast. But anyways, uh, here's what we're going to do. Harking back to the Flick of the Week days, I put together a list of my favorite favorite movies that I've seen. Well, I put together a list of all of the movies that I've seen in theaters this year. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a comprehensive list. This is a big list. Um, and, I'm, and I'm saying this. These are the movies I saw in theaters. Um, not just that I've seen. So there's a couple of omissions I can see here. But before I get started, uh, if you're watching the video, uh, this is the new setup. So if you see on the wide here, I got a much bigger table. Uh, we had been using a table to make the show. Uh, that it was, and I say table in air quotes, um, because it was actually just a painting uh, a uh, Ralph Steadman drawing that was printed onto a nice frame and whatnot. And uh, I put it on some sawhorses and then we called it a table. <laughs> and uh, I did that because I liked the aesthetic of the kind of traditional radio show like this. See, I can put my elbows on the table and I can get really good on the mic. And it's cool. It makes things a lot easier to have some notes. And like I got my phone here and I can check the audio, but the table we were using was far too, uh, far too small and impractical. It wasn't a real table. So it was literally a picture. <laughs> and, um, so we got a real table and I upgraded the mics a little bit. Uh, I made them look a little nicer here and, uh, we have a new system. You'll notice is a lot cleaner, a lot less wires. Um, I'm trying out, which I'm very confident in, this new Autopod software. Um, so it's kind of cool. First time in the arena of AI, but basically it's an AI uh, editing software that that can distinguish the different voices and cut between the cameras. So that will be the new way that we're doing the show. I also got three matching cameras. So 
uh, I don't know if I had talked about this on the podcast yet, but basically the way we shot the show up to this point was kind of hodgepodge, which I, I pride myself in the fact that we did that. Um, we, <clears throat> I just took the, the available equipment that I already owned and with just the purchasing of a few little gadgets here and there was able to make a system um, that worked, that we could use, you know, to shoot this podcast for the last, you know, 18 episodes. I think the first, so the first two, we actually did three, but the first two that were live were done at the Minimalist Studio. Um, and I don't work for them anymore. And so, you know, during that that transition period, uh, Josh and I got together, Josh from The Minimalist, and uh, made an, an agreement, as long as I don't show The Minimalist logos, I can use the studio to do those episodes. But I knew, even when we were doing that, it was like, I got to figure out my own version of this. So that's what uh, what this is. And I think we finally reached a version of this that I'm really happy with the lighting, the, um, the equipment, the quality, it's all there. And it's really funny. And I know that Josh is one of the people listening to this. So I'm really just saying this to him. Uh, it's really funny because when I started with the minimalist, that was my job was to talk uh, to, to work with Josh on developing the visual medium of the studio and uh, to, to make a cohesion and make a system that worked to produce a, a, a podcast at the highest level in, in the video format and the audio format. And what's funny is that in the five years that I did that, um, I... Uh, there was a lot of pushback and I had a lot of feelings of going like, why are we, why are we stressing this little thing? And why does that matter so much? And I would always have, you know, anxiety and uh, about, you know, these conversations, specifically me and Josh, just like trying to figure this out. And I'd just be like, why is he so nitpicky about these little things? And, uh, fast forward to now, I have become the very thing that I was, <laughs> that I was uh, annoyed about. I'm the guy. I am the guy at the high, the in, in the high castle, building his show, being the nitpicky ass. And uh, so, Josh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I understood, or I understand now. And uh, with that being said, I'm very happy with the way things are now. We've, I've reached a point that I'm very satisfied with. Everything feels very clean and cohesive. And yeah, and it's nice because I made the system, having come from the five years working with the minimalists and making a turnkey solution for other people to come in and be able to use the same system. I took those lessons and, and applied them to this. And here we are. And now I have my own similar studio. And the cool thing about it is that I can casually come in here, you know, on a, what's today? On a Wednesday 
and just, I didn't have a real plan, but I knew I'm going to make an episode today because we haven't, we, we, you know, Christmas was last week or this week still. And, uh, and we did an episode before that the week before, but I didn't really plan on doing one this week, but I was like, you know, I want to get one more in this year and it's just going to be a me episode. So here we are. And of course, when it's just me and there's no one else to tell me what to and not to talk about, we're going to talk about movies because that's what I like talking about. So without further ado, <clears throat> I wanted to go through some of the movies that I've seen in theaters, some of my favorite movies from this year, some of my least favorite movies, um, and also some of the movies that I wanted to see, which I'm kind of bummed that this list is as long as it is, but I mean, like, no one has all the time in the world to see all these freaking movies. There's so many movies that came out, good and bad. There's just so many. I'm I'm amazed. Um, usually in normal everyday life, you don't take you can't take even if you're a big moviegoer, you can't take stock in like man, it's a lot of movies in one year. Like that's just that's a lot of commitments. Outside of monetarily, I mean, I have the AMC stubs A list. Um, what's it called? Uh, like ticket. So it doesn't, it's, I pay a monthly subscription fee essentially to go to the movies at least three times a week. And I barely use that. It's, it sounds like a great deal, but the way they make their money back is on most people that aren't going to make it to the movies every fucking week. Like it's three times a week. That's a lot. I, I mean, I'm not that busy of a person, but that's still a lot of a commitment to just run off to a movie, you know, especially if no one else, you know, has the stubs account. So like to try and get someone to go to the movies with you, you're like, man, that's, it's expensive in LA. It's like 23 bucks. So <clears throat> no, in no particular order, I'm going to rattle off these, uh, movies that I saw and maybe I'll jump into a couple of them that I really enjoyed more than others. And then we'll talk about the movies that I haven't seen. And I'm wondering, you know, if all you listening, if you have any interest in some of these, if you've seen them, if you don't, if you haven't seen them, uh, especially the ones that I haven't seen yet, leave a comment uh, if it was good or not, if I should see it or not. I think a lot of them have passed their see them in the theater moment. But some of them I still have to pay for, of course. That's just how it goes. <clears throat> so, in no particular order, here's the here's the initial list. Movies I've seen in theaters. Asteroid City, Barbie, Fast 10, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, John Wick 4, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, Gran Turismo, The Creator, The Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, and Maestro. So, <clears throat> and there's some, some, some exceptions here. I, I rattled through those pretty quickly. Guardians 3, I did not see in theaters. I saw that at home. Uh, 
the killer and maestro. I did not see those in theaters. I saw those at home, but everything else I saw, I actually did see in theaters. And so, um, some of these movies I think were fantastic. Um, and I do have a favorite, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep that for the end. So if you're feeling like, like uh, I'm stringing you along, I am, I am the puppeteer. So if you're invested enough to know which movie is my favorite, you're going to have to stay to the end, which will be a surprising answer. Surprising. Anyways, <clears throat> Asteroid City, I feel like it's Wes Anderson, of course. Um, it was a very, I went in apprehensive at first because Wes Anderson has become, in my opinion, kind of a stereotype of himself. Like his filmography, every time he makes something gets more and more like as if somebody was making a parody of a Wes Anderson film. And that's funny. But also, I don't feel like that represents positive growth as a filmmaker. Like, like I, I hate to say this because I really do admire his movies. But I feel like the stories that were so good, going back to Darjeeling Limited, uh, the... Um, <clears throat> oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on his movies. Uh, the, uh, Life Aquatic and, um, my God, wow, I got to pull up his list. But you know what I mean? Those earlier movies, especially, oh, um, his like first breakthrough, which was called um, the, oh my God. It's very, it's very, I can't believe I would, I would be, I'm revoking my own, my own, uh, movie card. I can't be called movies anymore. Royal Tenenbaums is great, but early on is Rushmore. Rushmore and Life Aquatic, the Darjeeling Limited, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, those earlier ones. The stories, the heart of the movie was such a great story. And I feel like what's happening in these more recent ones is that it like story is taking a sidestep, like it's taking a backseat to aesthetics. And it's cool. It's fun to see movies like that. But it's also kind of annoying because it, you walk out of the theater feeling kind of tricked you're like oh that was cool that looked cool um not really sure what that was all about and that's like so the the um what was the one that had just come out a couple of years ago it's called the french dispatch dispatch the french dispatch was was it felt like it had depth 
and it probably does. And I've seen some video essays of people kind of dissecting what things, these different themes and these different um, characters and, and motifs and all these things. And that's cool. But it just didn't, I, I was, maybe it's just me. And because I have a, a really good friend, his name's Jimmy, who really appreciated the movie, really liked it. And I don't fault him for that. I ripped it a new one as soon as we left the theater. I was like, what a piece of garbage. But then I rewatched it and it's pretty good. Again, I don't think that his stories are as good as they were in the past. He's made some movies that that were like emotionally altering where you'd 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 be connected with a character so much that you just didn't want the movie to end. And I keep going back to them, like the Tenenbaums and like uh, Darjeeling Limited is one of my favorite movies of all time. I just keep going back to that movie. It just feels like a world that I want more of. And I can't say that about his newer movies, especially Asteroid City. I feel, again, it, it's aesthetics took the front seat and story was kind of like, we have a good idea here of what the story is. And, you know, uh, a well use of pathos and, and, uh, and, and all the structure is there that you would want, but it just didn't feel, I just wasn't connected like I've been in the past. Um, but the production is amazing. So Asteroid City is a, was a fun one to see in theaters. Definitely like that's a, that was an entertaining, fun movie. Um, now that it is out on streaming, I think it's on streaming. I don't feel, I don't feel like I need to see it again. Like whatever. Uh, that was cool. That was worth the ticket price which for me was my monthly subscription, but that was cool. Um, <clears throat> so one of the funny ones is, um, my girlfriend, Ani and I, we, uh, she's not in, into movies like I am, obviously. And I think that that makes for a healthy relationship. We have, uh, different, completely different, differing interests. Um, but we do go to the movies occasionally, but usually we end up seeing a fast and furious movie. <laughs> and, uh, this year we saw fast X earlier in the year. And that was funny at some, at a certain point. The Fast and Furious movies, they just become just, they're just shoot them up action. And I go into it. I've told some people this recently. If you go into seeing a Fast and Furious movie nowadays, like after Fast 3 uh, or whatever that title was, because there's a whole story about how I'll get into that in a minute about how the titling works for Fast and Furious movies. But <clears throat> um, the if you, if you go into seeing a Fast and Furious movie with the intent of it being a serious movie, you will inevitably be disappointed because it's ridiculous. And it breaks so many rules and... It, it doesn't follow, like, 
There's just nothing to be taken seriously about it. But I forget which Fast and Furious movie it was, but going back a couple of movies ago, but there was two of them in space in a car that was equipped to go to space, apparently. And they needed to bump a satellite out of position or something. And they put the car in gear to drive towards the satellite. It, it, putting the car in gear and shifting was not going to affect the rocket pack on the back of the car. <laughs> it's this, the stupidest thing. But if you look at it like it's a slapstick comedy, the movies are hilarious. Like, Vin Diesel gets out of his car and he's going to fight Dwayne Johnson on a parking garage structure. And he stomps on the ground hard enough and the earth cracks and makes that car fall into the crack. This is superhero comedy. And if you go into it seeing it that way, the movies are hilarious. You know, Aquaman is a fantastic villain for (laughs) what he played and, and how it goes. The thing that makes me furious about the Fantastic Fury... uh, Wow, the Fantastic Fury. (laughs) The thing that makes me furious about the Fast and the Furious franchise, especially Fast X, is there's been this new trend going around of saying that movies are made with little to no CGI. And in this case, they said zero CGI. Like, what? This movie is 99% CGI. And and, and the the thing that, that makes me furious about it, pun intended, is that they use... They use that to sell tickets. But there's already been a very growing distaste in people's mouths in Hollywood, the industry, about the 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 misuse of of computer like CGI production houses that make these these amazing effects they get they get severely underpaid overworked pushed to impossible deadlines and then when the work comes out shitty because they needed to make quick changes the day before the movie comes comes out or in some cases like the um Spider-Man, and I can think of a lot of other movies, but particularly I'm thinking of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. There's like shots in the trailer that look totally different than the movie because they weren't even done. You know, they 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 didn't have the graphics figured out yet. But Fast Fast and Furious or Fast X is one of them where they didn't they, they like did all of these practical effects and the con- the biggest comedy of it all is this whole scene where there's a giant metal ball like bomb thing and it's rolling through the Vatican City and the cars are chasing it and and it's like a whole stunt thing and they're like we did this whole thing for real which they did 
But the comedy of it is that they didn't like the way the ball looked. So they re-CGI'd the whole ball. Every shot. It doesn't, it's, there's no frame in the movie that's the actual metal ball that they were rolling through the streets. Like, what a waste. This is ridiculous. And they said everything was real. And, and there's this whole thing at like the very end of the movie where Vin Diesel and this kid are in the car going down a dam as it's exploding and there's flames everywhere and the car is racing down the dam. There is no way. There, it just can't be done. It, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. That was 1,000% CGI. Like, no. You know what I mean? 